to another episode of So-Called Orioles Podcast. I'm Amari Pollard here with Kia Swin, Rachel Fowler, and Janae Price. Yes, so let's get into it. Kia, what's good for this week in Black History? Okay, y'all. This week in Black History, we have July 30th, 1863. And I thought this was really interesting because President Abraham Lincoln issued what was called an eye-for-eye order, warning the Confederacy that the Union soldiers would shoot a rebel prisoner for every black prisoner they shot. It also would condemn a rebel prisoner to a life of hard labor for every black prisoner sold into slavery. Wow, Literally had no idea about this, but I was like, that's interesting. Even though, like, imagine if we did that today. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy <laughs> because as, be soon wild. As, as soon as you say eye for eye, I think of, like, Hammurabi's code. Did you guys learn about that, like, yeah. in history back in the day where it's, like, eye for an eye? The different philosophies. Literally, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. I thought about that. It's, and then I read a little more into it, and um, it, like, kind of worked, but, like, not really because the Confederacy, like, started, like, obviously killed a lot of black people. And, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, I was like, wow, that, what a way to, like, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it, like, shoot you. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the best way to run a country. But in 1863, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, maybe it was a little bit of a foreshadowing because wasn't Lincoln's party the Republican Party? Yeah. And now the Republican Party is kind of violent. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was like switched back then. But yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, wow, what a what an interesting law. And then July 31st, 1981, um, attorney, att- sorry, attorney, attorney <laughs> Arnett R. Hubbard was installed as the first woman president of the National Bar Association. Hey, That's wow. pretty like, impressive for 1980. Well, 1981, I guess. Yeah. That's so, pretty late. 1981? Yeah, I, I thought it was at 1960. Okay, yeah. 1961, <laughs> but yeah, 19. that is kind of late. It's kind of late, but like, we're still... We're still doing a lot of firsts we, now. Yeah. I mean, I last year right. you had the first black person on the cover of what was it? Vogue Vanity Fair? Yeah, Beyonce. Beyonce? Right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, no. It, what, seriously? Vogue. It was last year? Was, was it last year? year? Yeah, that was last year. Either like, the first sure. black photographer. I don't think it was first, it was first black, black person. Phot- it was first first photographer. Black photographer. Excuse me, I was going to say, there's no first black photographer. Okay. My bad. My bad. So, like, bad. screw Vogue. Whenever. <laughs> um, well, that's it for this week in black history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my turn. Okay, so this week what on... Black professionals we love. Sorry to bring it down, folks, but I really want to highlight Cameron Boyce. So a few weeks ago, the world lost Cameron Boyce, who was a very kind, young, talented actor um, who had so much life to live. And I knew of Cameron because of his role in Grown Ups. He played Adam Sandler's son. And I also caught a few clips of him in Disney Channel shows when I would babysit my neighbors. He was in Bunked, um, Jesse, and the Disney Channel movies, uh, The Descendants. Um so he recently passed away uh, and from, I think he had, I think epilepsy or something. Well, he he passed away from a seizure and he just had like a lot. He was just very talented. Like he could dance, he could sing and he was only 20. Um, but I just wanted to highlight his life. Um, not only was he an actor, but he was very philanthropic. He was involved in multiple projects, such as the Thirst Project, which was to bring clean water to underdeveloped countries, United Way to fight homelessness. Um, and it's on us to fight against sexual assault on college campuses. Let me remind you, this boy was just 20 years old. Um, and my heart just like really breaks for him and his family. And um 
Yeah. So people say I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like people say life is long. And I just think that's a very false statement. Life is long as if you are lucky. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of us don't know if we're the lucky ones until we reach old age. Um, so just like do what you can with the days you have. And I just want to thank Cameron for being an exceptional example of black excellence and more importantly, just an incredible human being. Rest in peace, Cameron. Rest in peace. Rest in power. power hey, yes. hey, hey. Okay. So let's get into this week's topic, which is traveling while black. <laughs> what do we have to say? <laughs> well, I went to Spain in March. Yeah, March. I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know. It was literally. You know, girl. You yeah, know I, know. I know. I know. I remember. We were all getting like T minus. X days until yeah. Spain. Yeah, I was very, very excited to go. Um, but th- this topic and just in general, I brought to the group and I was like, we need to do a show about this because it, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. It opened my eyes to a lot of just the small privileges Americans have. And then it also opened my eyes to, as a person of color, how difficult it may be to go to another country. And while I was there, it, it was just a lot of blatant racism. Okay, well now was this your first time traveling out of the US? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh. This was my I'm so very sorry this was your yeah. first experience. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize. This was my very first time traveling outside of the US. Now I had had my passport for like years because I think we were supposed to take a family trip years and years ago, but it didn't end up happening. This is my very first time traveling outside of the US and I went with my sister and my two cousins and we were excited. Like we were texting constantly, planning everything. I made an entire doc with all of the different places we were supposed to be going. We finally get there. We're nervous, trying to figure out how to get to our Airbnb. We look like we have no clue what we're doing, which we didn't. We got totally lost on the way to our Airbnb. But the moment we get to the area where we were staying, uh, Plaza de Mayor, people were just staring at us. And we were like, I I was trying to be very positive. And I was like, you know, people are staring at us because we look like tourists. We're carrying suitcases. All of us had fanny packs. And and personally, I was traveling with a fanny pack because I'm like, this is a fashion statement. Mm -hmm. Fanny packs are in fashion right now. And also, they'll help you from, you know, getting pickpocketed or whatever. Um, But people are just staring at us. And I was like, this might not be so great. Now, mind you... I'm tall, as I've said, I think every episode by now. (laughs) Um, And my two cousins are also very tall. And just in general, in my family, we're all bigger people. So people are just giving us weird looks. And I was like, okay, it's just because it's a group of tourists looking big people. So then basically throughout the entire trip, the staring got worse. It got to the point where it was like grown men gawking at us as we walked down the street, people laughing at us, people treating us like we were stupid, uh, men being very suggestive. Didn't you say you were propositioned a few times? Not outwardly, but it was like men staring and jeering. And it would be like in the daytime, it would be guys like shocked looking at us. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go to a club or something and it's like men pulling at us and stuff like that. And it was just very, 
it was it was just surprising. Mm-hmm. It was like I did not expect this. I assumed that I would be treated as an American first because that's what I heard from a lot of other people that have traveled to other countries that it's kind of like once they find out you're an American, you're just treated as an American, not a black American. So I honestly I did not do my research. I just thought, "Hey, I'll be treated as an American." Who was no saying baby. that? Well, I know I said it, but like who, <laughs> like were other people black saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like, okay. Well, okay. My best friend, she said that, right? And then once I came back and I told more black people about my experience, they were like, and more black people who are well-traveled, a lot of them said, I don't go to Spain for that reason. It was funny because I went to a doctor's appointment right when I came back because I actually got sick on the trip. So when I came back, I started talking to the doctor about traveling. She laughed because she does solo travel. She's been all over the world. And she was like, that is an area that I will not go. I went to Madrid, by the way. And she was like, specifically for that reason. The doctor is black. Yes, the doctor is black. And she was like, I will not go to Madrid. And I think she told me, she shared a story about a friend, I think she said, that went to somewhere else in Spain. And the friend was more heavy set. And she said she had the same experience where she was getting stared at, pointed at, laughed at, just. And I think sometimes I could be wrong. So don't quote me. But I think a lot of Americans tend to think of Spain Almost not not necessarily think of Spain, but think of like Spanish people as equivalent to Latina people and Hispanic mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. But it's very different. Yeah, Spain mm-hmm. is Europe. Spain is Europe. Like I think Closer they can for Columbus. They, they, yeah, they consider themselves more like Sorry. white Europeans. Yeah. Um, and the definitely the way Spanish people view you know people from Central Latin America is they're not on. To them, they're not on equal playing fields. Mm -hmm. See, that's what I did not think about. I did not think of the history of racism. I did not think of the history of Spanish people literally going to South America. And I said Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why why did I think he was Italian? No, 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 I'm pretty sure he's Spanish. (laughs) And I did not think of that history of the conquistadors taking over literal areas. In I think it's Madrid. I looked this up while I was there, actually. But they have a um, a festival where they wear blackface. Yeah, and yeah. while I was That's there, Netherlands, I think, right? Spain has it too. It's, I, mean, I think oh, it's multiple okay. um, the countries. Uh, who the do colonizers, the colonizers weren't just out of England. It's, well, no, it's England, Italy, Spain, and France oh, were like France, the most like, yeah, three France, yeah, that yeah, owned like yeah. majority of the world, um, and then got split up. Yeah, and my just being stupid and green, just excited to go outside of the country, which is how you should be able should to be, look yeah. at travel. It's like. devastating that we have to think about that, and we still get treated and wherever we go. Like yeah. you want to travel to these places to learn about the culture, learn about the people, and you're being judged. You literally come so to now appreciate another culture. We have culture. to think about where we travel and the history of it. But yes. I will want to jump in and say, like, I had the <laughs> exact opposite experience at Madrid. Um, but there could be multiple factors thinking about this. I, I feel like I pumped you up to be excited about Madrid, and I'm always like Team Madrid. That's my favorite place in the entire world. I I'm thought always, it was Barcelona. That was no, your I hate Barcelona. 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 No, because I think I went. I stayed in Madrid uh, for a month um, so I was super excited because I love Madrid I stayed there for a month and I was like team Madrid and I think people always go to Barcelona but I personally think Madrid has a little more culture and history like Madrid it's not by the beach but there's so much to do in Madrid with castles mm-hmm. and going on the lake or uh, honestly um, I, I don't know 
what the names are a lot of these things are, but it was amazing. And churros and chocolate, and you get like the history and like the old buildings and stuff. So I was super excited for you when you said you it were was going beautiful. To like, don't get me wrong. Everything I looked at, the food I tasted, the places I went, I was like, this is fantastic. But it was just constantly the social structure, the, the social structure of it all and going outside and knowing today I'm going to be pointed at and laughed at and looked at. It's Which, just like, yeah, that sucks. And like, I think the difference. So when you told me that I asked you about like why you felt like you were getting all those things. And for me, it's like, okay, I'm not super tall or like outwardly, like that person looks different besides my skin color. Um, so that could be one factor. Another factor, I went there to study abroad. So I went with a group of people from my college. Were they mostly white? They were mostly actually not white. They were actually mostly Spanish, like Latin um, people. So I went with a majority like Spanish Latin people. And then there was a couple of white people here and there. And there was um, two black people, me and another girl who was who's a lot darker skin. She's African descent. Um and she has, like, a lot darker skin than me. So it was us two, a lot of, like, uh, Spanish people and then a couple of white people. So it was, like, a diverse group. Um, and then I went with people who had spoke the language. Like I said, most of them speak Spanish. Uh, so they were speaking for me. So I didn't have to do a lot. Um, and I went there with, like expectations of like sometimes I forget I studied abroad there because I was really there to like party I was 19 I could drink there legally I was there party that's why everyone goes to study yeah. abroad they go to drink legally yeah and they go to travel exactly and so I had the mindset of like this is what I'm gonna do I was I told my parents like listen I'm trying to find a husband in Spain I'm partying <laughs> I'm doing whatever and then like my mom had to remind me like you need to bring school stuff you dummy um so I was with their like intentions of like party 24 7 which I did did. Um, but I did not get any stares unless I was too happy in the mindset to like ignore the stares. So I don't know if it was just like if I would have gone now with like you guys and it was a planned trip and whatever. But I had like I was just like, this is the happiest time of my life. So I think maybe I was blindsided by that. Um, with guys, I still don't remember like guys like staring at me or like coming up to me any type of different than it would be in America. Again, don't know if I was just blind to a lot of these things. I don't remember people like staring at me, pointing at me, whatever. That also I mean, we're the same skin tone, so maybe not so much. And my hair was, like, braided. So I just don't remember getting a lot. But I will say the white girls who were there, they felt one felt like out of place because she is blonde. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I just want to say <laughs> I'm that. So sorry. I just want to say that because she was the one that felt out of place, not me. Like oh, me. Wow. And I, uh, like we would go out and me, my, uh, the other black girl and another darker Spanish girl would get the most attention. Not so like, oh my God, look at this person like a freak, but more so like this person is different and beautiful in the eyes of like, Spanish men so that's what we were getting and then the white girl was like she literally was like no one in Spain has blonde hair a lot of people don't have blonde hair a lot of people have like brown or like light brown or dark brown hair and she was like I dyed my hair platinum blonde for this trip I thought they would love me here and it's and I need to dye it down no one in Spain has an afro yeah like no she was she's very ignorant but um she was just like wow I'm not getting 
any attention. She actually got like really jealous of us because we were getting you get more all the, the attention. Yeah, she had a America. boyfriend too. That's another story. But yeah, but I just think it's really interesting how our experience are different, but there could be a lot of factors going into yeah, that. As well. I, I, think, I think so, and I think people underestimate the the power of the people where you are and how that can influence your time. Like when I think about all the places I've traveled, like I remember certain environments and certain spots that we went to, but most of the things I remember, um, it's the way people made me feel on that trip. Mm -hmm. Like I love Ireland because the people were so warm towards me and I felt very loved during my time, both of the times that I went there versus when I went to Paris, Mm -hmm. I just felt stupid. Like me, my, mostly my sister would try to speak French to the locals because she was taking French and they just made her just feel really dumb. They were just kind of rude, would brush us off and then would try to like, um, just like scam us, like, like try to like raise prices that we know aren't that expensive. Um, and I didn't, I hated Paris. I didn't like Paris. And it wasn't until we left the city and went to Lyon where people were a little bit nicer. Um, where I was like, Oh, maybe Paris isn't that bad. Uh, but it's definitely, I think the people that, uh, not just with you on that trip, but the in, people that, in the country, the people in the yeah. country that have the ability to shape how you feel about your experience. I agree. Cause when I went to Mexico, <clears throat> excuse me, two years ago, I had that same experience that people were warm. They were lovely. Um, I did not want to leave and I didn't feel like out of place. And, um, despite what Trump says about with the country, Mexico, they were lovely people. And, um, they, they, have the, they have the best people. They were great. They were lovely. They were great. And, um, yeah. And I think that definitely can make or break your trip. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I will say like, we'll talk about domestic travels a little later in the episode, but for domestically, like New Orleans was like one of my favorite places Mm -hmm. because the people and everyone constantly asks like, how are you loving the city? Do you love the city? It's a city treating you well. And I'm like, no one would say that in New York. Like, is New York treating you well? Like, I don't know. We we don't care. We don't care. (laughs) On that note though, it was so weird because in Spain we met this uh, English couple, this black English couple. Now, automatically, I walked up to them and introduced myself because I had not seen black people in a week. And I was like, oh, yes, black people. Uh, So I walked up to them, introduced myself. And we were just talking about culture. We were talking about how we've kind of had a weird time. And they were talking about how outward and friendly Americans are. And in America, you don't hear that. In America, when you hear about people being friendly, you hear about Southerners at like Mm -hmm. most. But they were talking about how Americans, when you walk into a store, they say hello, they greet you. And they had just come from like a tour of America going to like all the way from like Nashville to New York and stopping in tons of cities in between. And they were talking about how in European countries, you don't really insert yourself into places by introducing yourself. You just kind of get in, get out. That's it. I think that's a very interesting point you made about how they would go to stores and people were friendly and stuff. But in America, you're aware of the duality of that. Mm -hmm. You're friendly to me because you want to keep an eye on me. Very true. Or you just... I feel like usually it's me. It's like you're either really friendly for like... I don't, I don't know if I trust it. Or you just don't acknowledge my presence. Or or you just want a sale. Right. Or you want the sale. Yeah. If you're smart, you'll be nice because you want the sale. Mm -hmm. That's true. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Kia, you had a weird China experience? Yeah. So similar to yours, I think. Um, So China was definitely the 
biggest cultural difference of all the places I've been to. Um, I've been to Madrid. I've been to DR, Bahamas, Prague. But China was definitely, which I kind of knew going into it, like, this is going to be a big difference. Um, And just, like, culturally with even talking as just, like, strictly an American person, like, Chinese people, like, I don't want to say they're rude, but, like, what we consider rude, they consider normal. So, like, we were in line, and they'll just cut you. So, like, on the airplane, there's a line, and we all have to go to the bathroom. And this old Chinese man, I took, like, a Chinese flight, just cut the entire line, went right in. And, like, for him, that's normal. Sorry, my friend is calling me. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I was like, what is that? She's Uh, just so popular. (laughs) Um, So then I was like, that was my first thing. Like, okay, I I read about Chinese culture uh, because I have a Chinese friend. And she was like, just so you're aware, like people, you might think it's rude, but for them, it's normal. It's like elders for that situation, right? It's like if you're older, you can do stuff like that. No biggie, right? Yeah, kind. I think so. Because he was older. And then another time we're in a Chinese market and uh, same thing happened. God just... Oh, I think it was a woman. She just had cut the line to get food. And this is where I'm like, Americans, I don't know how I feel about this. So, like, that woman did that. And this white American was like, hey, you cut the line. But, like, in my opinion, like, that's her culture. So you don't get to tell her how to act in her country. Yeah, that's if that's her culture, that's rude to you because you're an American. But I'm going to, like, mind my business. Like, I'm not going to go up to this guy and scold him because I think it's rude. It's not rude in his country. I'm a visitor in your country. But I guess white people don't think like that. I don't know. Um, so that was the first thing where it was like, okay, a little rude. Um, a lot of, like, spitting, coughing, stuff like that where, like, you would think, like, that's nasty. They don't think that's nasty. So you're just around food like that. And, you know, they have a lot of stinky food and gross. It's not stinky to them. Like, so that was a lot of things that I had to, like, get used to. And especially with the food, it's, like, they like bones in their um, meat. And they think that's, like, the best part of the meat, a lot of bones. Because uh, it is. That bone marrow is good. So they that's what they think. Okay. And, like, when they cook duck, it's, like, you'll... I'll see a menu. It's the whole duck. I see the face of the duck. They'll present you the face of the animal. And by the time I would look at the menu, I would be disgusted. So I didn't want to eat. And a lot of oil, vegetables and stuff like that. So it was a big culture difference for me, just like speaking as an American culture. Um, And then as a black person, they kind of treat you like, I want to say like a celebrity because they don't see a lot of black people there. So they look at you as different. They want to capture that. So like so many times I would just be walking down the street, walking with a group. And people would be like, come up to me and be like, signal, like, can I have a picture? Can I have a picture? And I'd be like, okay, like, whatever. This is cute. Um, And it feels like very, like, celebrity. And sometimes people won't even ask you for a picture. They'll be like, you'll just see someone like a paparazzi, like, taking a picture of you. And you're like, bro, what the hell? And it was all the black people in the group because there was a, I went with like a travel group. Um, And then a lot of times they also just take pictures if they think you're pretty. So, like, my roommate, who's a white woman, they just, like, would take pictures of both of us because they just say, like, pretty, pretty. Like, they'll just be like, pretty, you're pretty, take a picture of with you, whatever. And at first it was, like, cool because it's like, oh, I'm different. I feel like a celebrity. But then at times I got, like, tired because I'm like, damn, I could never be famous because this shit is annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> at one point it's like, okay, I want to, like, enjoy my vacation. Um, and then it's just, like, that's a lot, just, like, taking pictures. And then it, it can kind of feel like, okay, you're, like, taking pictures like you just seen, like, a wild animal in a zoo or something like that. Um, so that was, like, one experience that was really different. Plus, they, a lot of people don't speak English in China, which I underestimated, except in Shanghai, because that's a more modern city. Uh, so that was my experience with China. So I'm on a bunch of people, like, random Chinese people's phones, because they just took random <laughs> pictures of me, and I'm just, like, with them. Um, that's, like, so 
it's like so unappealing to me and I think that's why yeah I'm, you would probably hate it like yeah like I, probably hate like it. Japan and like um and like China is they're very much on my list of places to go to but they're probably at the bottom because I'm just like I know I would get annoyed mm-hmm. if people are taking pictures of me I don't want to feel like a spectacle yes I am black and maybe you don't see that a lot but like I, I, a lot of white people go to Jamaica where my family's and from, we don't, and they don't, we do don't, they don't take pictures. Again, I think it's a like I was I was telling you guys earlier. I think it's just a level of curiosity that I just don't have. I just like don't care enough mm-hmm. yeah. to like. I, I think know. that's like a good point because it's like yeah, when you guys come to, or when white people come to like Mexico or DR and stuff. I don't know if it's just because like they are educated about white white people. I don't know, like because it's like not the same, and I, I think know. it's like a weird dynamic because I remember like my ex-boyfriend was like yeah my parents when they came to America they like went up to this black girl and just stared at her and like he didn't he was like well that's they didn't know anyone in Poland they'd never seen a black person before and I'm like to me that's not the first response of like you not seeing someone in this stage in it that you come up them and stare at them what what was your like did you express that to him oh I explained why it was wrong trust me and he knew it was wrong too but he was just like kind of defending his parents like well, they didn't know they're from Poland. There's no black people in Poland. I think it's just a weird cultural barrier. Yeah. And I honestly do not know if it it's right or wrong. Because if I put it this way, if a sparkly alien that had skin like diamonds that glowed green and fell from the sky was the most beautiful, fantastic thing I ever saw. I'm equating this to black women. Um, fell from the sky. I might be tempted to take a picture. I'm not. I'm but not. you have. But that's an alien, so they look different from you. A human looks like a human. Mm-hmm. The only difference. You don't know what us, aliens look like. Yeah. The only. I know difference. what a black. Exactly. I know what a white person. I know what a black person. I know what an Asian person looks like. It's just weird. You know what a person looks like. You don't need to see that person in person and need to take a picture and make them feel like they're an outsider. I mean, like, not to totally like switch. I think it's just interesting because I most of my life I've traveled in the Caribbean and I. I appreciate the way one I appreciate being born to a family that could afford to let me travel outside of the country so often but I liked that my parents first introduced me to traveling and it was just making our way through the Caribbean so like my first introduction to people of other countries were just black and brown people so in my mind I'm thinking like the whole world is like this but I was mentioning this to you guys earlier is that like I thought it was interesting is that when I go to other countries I feel more American in those other countries than I necessarily do 100% in America um, even like my parents are Jamaican and I go to Jamaica and I'm very much aware that I am not mm-hmm. Jamaican mm-hmm. I am of Jamaican parents but me myself I am not technically Jamaican that was a huge wake up call in Spain it actually made me feel happy to be an American yeah for like the first time ever and it's crazy and and uh, Tanahisi Coates, um, if you haven't read his book, Between the World and Me, please read it. You should have already done it, but like, I'll forgive you. Um, he, he, he really touched on that. I think when he was traveling to Paris is that he had never fully felt like an American in America, but when he went to another country, he was very much aware of his Americanness. Um, and that's just kind of, it's like a blessing, but like also very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also wonder like how that would be experienced if 
if I went to Africa, because I hear a lot of people saying like people in Africa, like will look at you differently. One, because your skin is really light. Um, so they don't like you're you again, don't look like people there because you already outside. know that you're not. Yeah, from they, they already know the that country. you're not from Africa when like, those are your roots mm-hmm. and where you are from. And like I've heard people like say like they don't treat light skinned people that well there either. So mm-hmm. that's another fear, even though it's like, well, I would kind of like to experience where my ancestry is from but like I don't want to feel really crappy about it either which yeah. is like also like the irony because yeah it is they sad. or they don't cheat I think also it depends on which country let's it depends the country, on which country in, you go in to. Africa because yeah. you also like when you think about the history between uh in Rwanda you have the was it the Tutsis versus the Hutu I can never remember yeah. but like usually light skinned people were preferred in that in that mm-hmm. situation or there's this whole um internal struggle which let's remind people it was the colonizers who put the conditions of colorism on us so like it's a way to keep us separate so mm-hmm. let's remember that we all are one people um but yeah i think it's i think that's just like an i think africa's one place that i will go to no matter what i hear like i will still go treated. i'm just scared. i would still go no go but also like i'm not of the faith where everyone's like oh yeah i went to africa i'm like y'all went to south africa yeah the whitest <laughs> country i'm in not africa. gonna brag that i went to south like africa. let's go Pacific. to let's go to like the real like motherland let's right. go to like nigeria zimbabwe mm-hmm. ghana. Uh, ghana like mm-hmm. ghana i bet like most like west most africa is from we're mostly from yeah. west yeah. africa yeah. yeah most american slaves are from like west africa yeah. area ghana like yeah. like yeah i mean i'm dark so i'm there but they can i'm not african i'm not american but you can't but you could pass as african like someone can't be like you're definitely jamaican no i mean like no i I feel like people would look at me and be like you're no you're you're black american American. yeah i can i can look features there's different features because we can look at people from africa like i can look at a person Mm -hmm. who is obvious like i can see if you're from right like i look at like Met Rachel. I was like, "That's a Caribbean girl. She's mm-hmm. of Caribbean I can't descent." Do that with Caribbean. I can do that with Caribbean. I can. I do that with Caribbean. I can do that with African. I cannot. I can do that with African people. I can tell African from African American, mm-hmm. but Caribbean, I am not that Caribbean. Maybe talented. Yeah. I think it's mostly because like people people will look at um, Americans and like so like someone might like ask Rachel like like what like Rachel what are you and I'll look mm-hmm. at Rachel and be like she's mixed mm-hmm. of because not mixed of like white and black or white and Chinese or something but mixed as in Caribbeans are very mixed people mm-hmm. we have Indian we have um, African we have European mm-hmm. so a lot of us tend to look jumbled because it's just yeah. like that's what we are we're just a mixed people I still have to do an ancestry test <laughs> I, I need <laughs> to do know. it I took one and I, I got um, a bunch of different things and then like Six months later, they were like, "Oh, just kidding! You got these things, and it was completely different." So now I really don't know, and I should no, sue. But don't, but, but, but don't, like, don't take the test because the whole point of the test is so they can get your da- like data on you. That's really actually the thing. Yeah, they already they already have all it. data. <laughs> if you have Twitter, if they you have, have Facebook, it. you can talk about shopping somewhere and then open mm-hmm. Instagram and your, it'll your be thumbprint on it. when you open your phone. They got you. I they got you. Like some blood or some shit. Yeah, they got you. no, it's just saliva. You giving blood to the doctor? How much saliva are they keeping? Like, I don't trust that. <laughs> I got you. Okay. But before we get too off on that, we should talk about domestic travel for a bit. Like, yeah. what have our experiences been traveling in the U.S.? Um, Rachel, I know, like, you said you've, like, traveled within the U.S. a bit. Yeah, so far it's been great because I usually, I just stay, like, in the East Coast. I'm afraid I, to, like, go to the South and, like, certain parts of the States because of 
racism. Like I have to like really do research and really consider like what parts of certain states that I would travel to because it's dangerous. Like you hear stories all the time about people getting shot and and killed because of the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. So I, for the time being, just rather stay close to where I know it's predominantly black. I I think it's like interesting because... I think a lot of people associate like the South. It's either like it's like two very um, polar descriptions. It's Mm -hmm. like you either get very nice, friendly Southern people or you get, oh, they're just like it just racist heart. And it just depends. And I think I'm more curious now to explore the South. But um, like I had a, I think like I don't know why I got in my head. I want to go to Pittsburgh. I was like, because of because of (laughs) um, one of my favorite books is The Perks of Being a Wallflower oh, and it's book. based in Pittsburgh and the film was shot in Pittsburgh. I was like, this just looks like Pennsylvania a- is really racist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, right, really but racist. I didn't, I didn't, 100%. I didn't like make really the, racist. the connection. I was just and like, parts of Boston. Right. Well, yeah. Boston. Yeah. I was just like, I just want to go see the Perks and then we ended up going into a restaurant and no one acknowledged us and we're like, can we go like eat and like we we don't want like a table. We just would want like a bar top or something. Mm-hmm. The bar we saw these high tables and we're like, oh, it's like right next to the bar. We can sit. No one addressed us. Like no one came up and asked us for our order. And then when someone did, she was like, oh, but you said you were sitting at the bar. I'm like, well, no one explained to us that we couldn't sit mm-hmm. at a high top table. And then we watched for 30 minutes as that woman took everyone's order in the restaurant except for ours. Wow. And it was just like. No, again, it's like one of those things where it's not blatant racism, but I know you. And, That's and not just PA racism. Yeah, and every, Sorry, just saying. And I'm everyone from, in, like near PA, everyone in there was just white, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, so it's clear. And then, ironically enough, um, I think it was like a week and a half later, they had the synagogue shooting, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow. That's that northern racism. I just gotta say, growing up near Pennsylvania, like the state border, it's like no one's like gonna outwardly call you the N word, but mm-hmm. people are gonna make you feel a little uncomfortable right yeah. here and there. My my family's very southern. Um, we used to go to Mississippi every what two years or something like that, um, and it's crazy because our summers spent going down south were great to be real with you. People were very nice. Things moved slower. And of course, people stared at us a lot. Like we got the occasional stares, but they were never met with tons of hostility. Mm -hmm. It was just, oh, it's obvious that big black people are in the room moving on. So I'll say that my experience is traveling down south, which I've been to the deepest of Mississippi. I've been to New Orleans. I've been to Florida, the Virginias. Florida's not just race. Florida is just built. Florida is where all the crazy people go. Yeah, I just don't even consider that the south. That's like a whole other country. That's just a whole other. They're on a whole other playing field. But I think like what, especially when it comes to traveling and just like the I guess like just the demographics of America, I think we need to really think about our language and the way we preface things. I think it's dangerous the way we're like, okay, the South is racist. The North is is liberal. I should clarify parts of the South. Oh, right. Not just the entire. No, I just think like America as a whole. (laughs) I think the way people, I think it's like, um, it's just kind of like, I think the way people describe certain areas, it's like we forget because then we associate these places with this kind of thinking and we go there and it's like, you're hit with the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like the whole narrative that like the whole issue with America is just old white men. And I'm like, no, it's not just no, old white they men. Teach their children. It's the young white the men. And like, let's not forget like white women are complicit in certain things and like all this stuff. So it's like we need to really think about the way we frame mm-hmm. um, things because I think we get into this mindset where we're safe and it's like it's only a certain group. And once we 
once that group is dead and like died off, like we're all good. And that's yeah. like, also the not. history of that is like I have my grandma's from Alabama and she just uh, mentions like, oh, a lot of people say that like. You know, the North was not racist back then. North was like the Union and the Confederate. But she was like, yeah, when I moved to New Jersey, like there was still a lot of segregation here. And I dealt with a lot of racism when I moved here from Alabama to New Jersey to get, you know, away from that. But it's like people, a lot of people don't think about that. And you're not taught that in school. So I just wanted to like mention that with history. It's hard to avoid racism when a country is built on racism. Mm -hmm. So just quickly before we get too far off, I prepared like a little list of eight places that are more black friendly and eight places that are a little less black friendly disclaimer. This is all from Google searches, personal blogs. Everyone will have a different experience, just like Kia's experience in Madrid was way different than my experience in Madrid. Everyone is going to have a slightly different experience. Um, So eight good places to travel. I got Singapore, Canada, the United Arab Emirates, excuse me, Portugal, Belgium, Scotland um, and Cuba. And then eight of the worst places to travel, Russia, Greece, Germany, Spain, Italy, Thailand, uh, China, and South Korea. And these are places for black Thailand people. Is yeah. Thailand is the only one I was surprised about on yeah. that list. Um, and these I'm disappointed are, by. Very. <laughs> these are places that like a lot of people have talked about on blogs. People have just basically shared their bad experiences mm-hmm. in these places or their great experience in these places. And there were tons of uh, African countries that were on the good places list, but I figured I would exclude Africa yeah, because if we're going to go anywhere, it's the I, motherland. I feel like we would have more positive experiences. Obviously, in Canada because they're like obviously. obviously. I'm actually surprised about uh, Cuba just because their history with America, and then also like the lights. And Cubans tend to be actually like more Republican mm. and conservative. Just fun fact in the politics space. Uh, so that actually surprised me. But I'm excited for United Arab Emirates because I'm going to Dubai in September. Ooh. So that is awesome. And then Greece, I'm going next year hopefully. So I'm a little scared because I. Greek people have had experiences here in America where it's super racist, but that's a whole other story. Okay, on to Rachel. (laughs) Hey everyone, it's Rachel here. And on this segment, Time to Talk Mental Health, I want to discuss the importance of traveling and how it's a part of self-care. I came across this article on ResetTheRitual.com titled, Why Mindful Travel is an Essential Addition to Your Self-Care Plan. I'm not going to read the entire article, but I will point out the six reasons why mindful travel should be a regular part of your self-care plan. Number one, it's mindfulness and practice, meaning it allows us to be present in real time. Two, it empowers you to choose your own path. Three, it ignites your intuition. Four, it makes you more creative. Five, it sparks curiosity, which can lead to finding your passion. And six, it boosts compassion towards ourselves and the world. And here are two quotes from this article that stood out to me and I thought I should share. Uh, One, traveling makes you realize there's a freedom in your smallness. And two, when you travel mindfully, your intention is less about escaping your daily life and more about enriching it. So in conclusion, plan ahead, save your money, do your research, and remember the world is bigger than you think. Take your time to learn about the world around you 
And even if you feel like <laughs> as a black person, there's like so many restrictions when it comes to traveling. Don't let that stop you. I'm not going to let, you know, certain things that I hear about traveling to certain states or even country prevent me from seeing the world. Yes, I'll do my research. And yes, I will take extreme caution. And if you, even if you even if you know that traveling will make you happy, do it because you deserve to be happy. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to put more time and effort and um, research and take more time to time for myself to travel because we all deserve to take that break from this busy city called New York or wherever Stop. just Whatever. life it's just life just life in general yes. so that's all oh, for yeah. mental health sorry I'm curious yes. Rachel where's like the what's your number one spot on like the places in the world you want to go to for me right now it was Thailand Mm. Is it still Thailand after today? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it, it is. is. You should still go well, anyway. Yeah, because I'm going to. I'm probably going. I say Thailand is like pretty inexpensive to. Yeah, to I, and I always in. watch um, vlogs and read blogs about people, like people of color, going to Thailand, and they talk about having like a really good experience. So I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna go. For nah, myself. you do that. Yeah. And, and to be real, just to like piggyback off of what you said, like I know the list all of the negative experiences in life you can have as a person of color, but I don't care. Like yeah, I'm, still I'm, still, travel. I'm still going to Asia. Although people might take pictures of me mm-hmm. and might look at me like I'm a weirdo and an old person might cut me in line, but I'm going to still do it. No, the good, at the end of the day, the good outweighs the bad. It the does. 100%. Oh, no, yeah, like, it does for sure. And I think like I, I'm pretty happy with the person I am today mm-hmm. because my parents exposed me to so many cultures mm-hmm. growing up and I had a very understanding, very good understanding of where I come from, what other people deal with in other countries and it gave me more of an appreciation. Also just yeah. like an understanding of human beings in yeah, general. It's, it's about the experience and learning about you know, the people who live in this beautiful world. And just some tips. Sorry, before we go to Janae, I just want to put the little tips out for our people. Okay. (laughs) So Travel Noir is like a great blog and Instagram post or or Instagram account for traveling black people. And they do a newsletter where they like give you like updates and like the top black travelers. Um, And for women, they have expat women of color, black girls travel too, and girls love travel on Facebook. Those are groups um, part of um, Girls Love Travel. It's just a really good group. And people post like all different places they've been to and it's like thousands of people. So those are good resources, particularly for women and women of color. And also if you think you are like too poor to travel, trust me, I feel you. But the reason <laughs> that I'm able to travel is because my roommate told me about TravelZoo.com and literally that is how I've gone on every international uh, vacation since college from TravelZoo.com. Went to China thousand dollars round trip everything oh paid for God, hotel yeah. <laughs> everything That's went to crazy. Prague for five hundred dollars she, sounds, like she sounds and looks like Asan Minaj right now she's <laughs> like yo, yo that's my get, boy you can go you can get this yeah, you can't see my arm movements, but I look like <laughs> that's, that's my ultimate talks. dream job. So thank you. That actually really made my day. There was an opening the other day. I like it. Yeah, they always have openings. I'm always on that. Yeah. I I want to. Yeah, I love him. I also like. He's married, but like yeah, Ew, he's boo. fine. He's so, so good looking. Okay. Janae. <laughs> um. Hello, everyone. This is Janae with a word of advice. 
<laughs> just full disclosure, y'all. We were recently trying to like name our little segments and stuff. It was hard. Mine was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think was it me and Omari? At yeah, the same we time, at the same time we, we came like, up a word of advice. No, um, I think no, we, no, no, it was Janae's corner. Corner, you said that sucked. Yeah, uh, I thought it was cute. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your like responses. She was like, "Oh my god, Janae's corner." You were like, "Oh my god, Janae's corner sounds stupid or something." Mm-hmm. And it was like, oops. <laughs> well, anyway, um, today a friend uh, of the podcast, Gabby, just kind of uh, sent over some of her experiences that she's had traveling abroad. So I just wanted to tell her story. Shout out to you, Gabby. Hope you're doing well. Love you, girl. Thanks. Um, she said, the first time I ever, mm, excuse me, the first time I ever traveled out of the country, I went to Fiji. This was in 2006 or 2007, and I was 11. At the time, there weren't a lot of black American stars that were internationally known. I was the only black kid on the trip, too. I was a student trip It was a student trip with a bunch of middle school kids from Colorado, so I quite literally stood out. I told all the Fijian kids that I was from D.C., but they were like, no, you're from Africa. I'm African-American, so yes, technically, I am from Africa, but I have no idea where in Africa I'm from. So I kept insisting to them that I was American. And they kept telling me that I wasn't American and called the white kids from Colorado American. And finally, I had to ask my host sister why she didn't think I was American. And she said, you don't look like the girls from Friends. The whole point of my trip was to share cross-cultural perspectives with people who were different than I was. But it was incredibly difficult to share my experience as an American because the media already decided it for me. Wow. Media representation is important. Yes. Yeah. And again, the the cast (laughs) from Friends does not even look like the cast from Friends. Years will go by. Just just look at their faces. (laughs) Anywho. um, Yeah. So like that's it for this week's episode. This is Amari again. Thanks for tuning in. We'll say it. We've said it once and we'll say it again. Follow us on all social media at so-called Oreos. Uh, You can email us also at so-called Oreos at gmail.com. You can also listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. And please, please rate us, leave your comments, subscribe, review. Just like talk to us, guys. Yeah. We talk. love you. We like it when you say hi. <laughs> I love it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> Janae is like judging me. Oh my God. Okay, bye. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought everyone's going to sing. I thought everyone was yeah. going to sing. I thought about no. it, but I was like, nah. Y'all are just hanging. <laughs> what are y'all going to do? Were you Victoria's B.I.G.? A little bit. Okay. No. Yes, you probably didn't hear me. No. <laughs> I might edit this out. Bye. 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 <laughs>